three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Texas Private School Podcast. As always, I'm one half of your hosting crew, Wes Tolleson. Walker Lott joins us from College Station, Texas. Walker, we have been all over the Dagum State over the past month or so, seeing a lot of football, got a lot of great information and context. What uh, what is your takeaway mostly from from our past few weeks across the state? Uh, uh Texas is really large. That's what I've realized the most. Uh. <laughs> I would love to know how many miles we put on each other's cars and just, you know, a lot of driving, but a lot of fun times. Uh, thank you for all the coaches reaching out and uh, letting us come by. We had 20 schools in three weeks, man. That's a lot of driving, a lot of time, a lot of boots on the ground. And we, we loved every second of it. So thank you firstly, but um, it's sunny, man. You know, uh, spring ball is always the first time to really kind of see the team before it's really the team and see who you need to watch out for how does how is the culture at every place and it's always a good time to see uh friendly faces and just meeting new people so a uh, really good time man really good time yeah definitely so i my one of my big takeaways was i remember i was at dunn's spring game and that had a much different atmosphere than anything else that i covered because you know it was a spring game and everything else was a practice obviously it's not the full air of friday nights because it's still it's still a spring practice but it's a game format Right. Long story short, just walking up and like hearing like the band play and seeing like guys go through like game type warmups, it gave me gave me some goosebumps a little bit. <laughs> I forgot how much I love being in that environment. And I'm just so, so ready to be back covering games on Friday nights. But we got a couple months before that. But we're going to before we know it, we're going to be into our, our team and district previews. And then right after that, it's football season. So very excited for that. We'll have some seven on seven before that. But. The first item of business today is we're going to get in, we're going to recap briefly the first couple of weeks of our spring tour since we already have full articles on those. You can go read those online if you want to. We're not going to go fully in depth. But then after that, we're going to go full tilt on um, the TXPS, the leg three of our school tour, including my time in Dallas and Walker's time in Houston. So Walker, hand it to you first. Week one, we saw John Cooper... Episcopal, St. John's, and Brazos Christian. I was trying to, in my head, I was trying to think of the last one. It's Brazos Christian. So, first of all, we saw we saw John Cooper first. What stuck out to you from John Cooper in the Woodlands? I mean, I think it's, uh, they're going to be a young squad this year. I think that's the first thing that kind of really stood out to me is you lose a great senior class this past year, and then you lose a great senior class the year before. And they finally kind of have to go a little bit younger this time. But you still have Dean Calhoun at the helm. He'll be the star for them this year. Um, he looks great. He looks ready to go. He looks ready to go into the offseason. And, uh, um, I mean, he's going to be probably the most elusive, uh, best probably athlete in uh, an SBC 3A next year. So always need to watch out for him. Cole Shepard, Gus Feinberger, we're going to return for next year. And the, uh, quick, interesting, I think, is going to be in the trenches, who do they have? And also the quarterback position, you know, Santiago Fernandez was one that stood out to us, but they also have a 2027, I believe that's also there. Uh, that's going to be one to watch too. So they have some guys that need to watch out and, you know, and also in that Woodlands area, I mean, you never know what could come by and stop by John Cooper next year. So um, it's going to be a very interesting squad. I think the two time back-to-back uh, -back state champs in SBC 3A have a lot of talent coming back but they're still going to be young for the first time, maybe in a while. 
Yeah, definitely so. I mean, we're we're going to get to this actually later. SBC 3A has a lot of interesting questions heading into the season. There's about there's two or three teams right off the bat, I think, or right. we're going to be talking about all season. John Cooper will be one of them, but we'll see. Like you said, there's a lot of questions going into the season from a personnel standpoint, but for me, not from a culture standpoint. I think I think they've done a fantastic job of developing a good now championship culture at John Cooper. And I, I think even if the the athletes might not be as talented, which we don't know if they will be, but there's a lot more questions certainly this year. Right. But if for some reason the athletes aren't quite as talented, I think we're not going to see a huge fall off just because of how good that culture is. But we will see always a great time going back to John Cooper. We appreciate them having us. The next school that we were at was Brazos Christian. And I think I found myself saying this about three separate division four teams. Brazos Christian looks, look, looks deep and they look good. I, I really do think that they're going to, they have a chance to be a really good contender under coach Corey Washington, Brody Garner. And I am going to read this word for word because I believe it. And I know Walker believes it too. Brody Garner might be the most physically impressive prospect in D4. That dude is a man. Walker, what did you take away from watching Brody Garner at Brazos Christian? Yeah, I mean, he he is poised to have a sensational uh, junior year next year. Only as a sophomore, looking like that impressive as a sophomore, it just speaks to his work ethic and time in the you know weight room, on the field, putting in the work. And I'm excited for the next two years of him, man. He has a really he has high potential on the Division Four level. Um, and just go turn on the film; it's very, very impressive. And like you said, I think he might be the most impressive prospect in D four, especially in the South. You could talk about the guys maybe at Fort uh, First Baptist, and you can make some comparisons to those guys. But down in the South, he might be the most impressive guy for sure. Yeah, definitely so. I mean, he's he's an absolute monster. I would, if I was an opposing quarterback, I would I would want to know where Garner was on the field at all times because coming yeah. off the edge, he's going to be an absolute threat. You know, um, now junior, it's crazy to me that 25s are going to be juniors. makes me feel old. Yeah. Uh, junior offensive lineman and defensive lineman Ben Taylor is going to be really big in the trenches. He had a great sophomore campaign. We expect him to approve on that as a junior. And Chance Locker also looks really, really good. We think he's going to take over that Ryan Burton-type uh, Swiss Army Knife star role. I really think that Chance is going to have a big year. Walker, anything on those guys or anything else regarding Brazos Christian? Yeah, you know uh... – because he just got out of track, Jackson Caffey wasn't even really throwing the ball. But, you know, one of the most underrated guys probably in the 2025 uh, Houston area class is going to be Jackson Caffey. And he looked impressive when he was just throwing the ball out there with the guys. But they still have two younger guys that are going to be very impressive and one to watch. Hudson Jacobus in the 26th class and 2027 Cooper Murr battling out for that QB2 spot. It's going to be fun to watch those guys compete going out to next year. Uh, there's some other guys, you know, how they have a really solid squad, but uh, the coach Washington just in one year set a really good culture there and uh, made the semifinals last year. And you probably expect them to be back there this year, man. They have a really good squad and I'm excited to see them this year. Yeah, definitely. So really poised to make waves in division four this year, if I had to say so, but Walker, you went solo to Houston St. John's. It sounds right. like Stephen Gill and the Mavericks look like they're ready to improve on last year. What did you gather from your time there? Oh, yeah. I mean, they looked really, really impressive. Um, I really think, you know, uh, Stephen Gill throws a really, really great ball. And you, we, we put some highlights out if you want to go look on him on Twitter. But he has a really great arm. He's smart. He knows the offense. And he's just poised, too, which I really like in a quarterback. Um, I think he's a D1 guy. I, I don't know how high in D1, but I think he's a deservedly so a Division One quarterback. And when you have a guy like that at the helm and you have really good weapons like – 
uh, Logan Donnelly, Michael Murphy, and also probably one of the one of the best wide receivers and probably the Houston area is Will Hoffrecht as well. So they have a really good receiving core to throw, uh, to let Gil throw to all those guys. And one, of course, as well is uh, Cole Allen, you know, who had an injury at the end of the season last year, who was able to not, wasn't, wasn't able to play in that Kincaid game. So that could have been interesting, but uh, having him back, of course, one of the most elusive dynamic, you know, high potential players in all of Houston in the 25 class will be returning for them. So as long as they have him and the other guys around him, they'll have a pretty good year in SBC for it. I'm excited for them. Oh yeah. Malachi Booker, the 2027 uh, St. John's athlete who's already have a division one offer uh, for basketball. Uh, stands at six, five, one eighty. He has a bright future ahead of him. If he probably grows a little bit, he'll probably stick to basketball, but Hey, he could be a po- really, really great athlete for them next year if he kind of sticks with football as well. Uh, so he'll be one to watch there. And also the young quarterback as well that I'm excited for that will take over for Gill is uh, 2026 quarterback Shea Quinn. Really, really impressive. Six two throws the ball well. He's going to be a g- good guy to watch in the next couple of years. So, uh, but yeah, I think SBC 4A, they're definitely going to compete. I'm excited for them. And definitely in the fall, we're going to have to catch a couple games. Yeah, absolutely. I think St. John's is really ready to take another step from next or from last year. Excuse me. I think they're going to be have a good season this coming year. Speaking of SPC four, I move across town to Episcopal out of Bel Air. Episcopal looks good, man. Episcopal always reloads and they certainly have this year. Carson Gordon's going to be a star. He looked really, really good throwing the ball at practice. What I really, really liked were the now the incoming senior offensive linemen, Colin Witt and Billy Wheels, they're two absolute dudes up front, 6'2", 250, and 6'4", 280. I mean, both of those guys in practice looked really, really good. And again, I mean, the game is won. Again, this coming from a receiver is saying a big deal. The game is won in the trenches. Um, And with those two guys, the Knights are going to have a large advantage over a lot of teams they play. Um, The now blue chip recruit linebacker Madden Morgan, he he looked very impressive. I'm sure Walker will agree. That dude is a physical freak. 6'2", 220 rides, raw muscle. That dude, he's he's going to see an increased role, I think, in in Episcopal's offense or the sorry defense this season. Walker, what else did you take away from Episcopal? I mean, I think you you couldn't go away without definitely seeing and definitely also hearing Braylon Thompson, the twenty twenty four defensive back. Um, he makes his presence known on the field, and sometimes you need that in a guy, and you love that guy having that guy on your side. Definitely, um, he's has like so many Ivy League offers. He has them all, and he's slowly growing and growing in his recruitment. Uh. Lanky corner, fast, moves well. Um, he's going to be a guy that's going to be essential and probably one of the best defensive players in all of SBC 4A and the state uh, next year. So be on the lookout for him. Uh, he just brings some moxie to that defense, which is desperately needed, especially uh, in private school and every just in high school in general. Having a guy that just kind of brings a little bit of juice to the squad is what you need. Uh, and also the two receivers, Logan Barty was out with a little bit of an injury, I believe, from baseball. But Jackson Renucci, uh the 2024 wide receiver also looked really good. Those guys will be the head guys in that receiving core next year, and they'll be definitely uh, guys to watch. I'm excited for them. Uh, I think they're going to be a really, really good squad. And also, of course, we got to see the first one of the first days when BJ Thomas came out and the the transfer from Houston Lamar, uh, the 2025 running back receiver athlete type of player, um, will be a staple in that offense next year. And he brings a different level of uh, athleticism that they might have not just had. And we were very, we came away very, very impressed 
Uh, besides that, um, the other guys that we need to uh, – one transfer, Tyler Sarowski, came from Fort Bend uh, Ridgepoint on uh, the defensive line. I believe he was like one of their strongest guys over there and then comes over here from a 6A program to the private school. That's going to be a big, big addition to the squad. Um, and also Carson Fowler, the former running back, transfers over to the defensive side and now will play safety for them next year. Uh, he'll be a key piece of that defense as well. Yeah, I mean, that Episcopal is going to be good. I'm very excited to see between Episcopal, Kincaid, and St. John's how that shakes out because it's all, it's never boring with those three yeah. in SBC 4A. And it's going to be a really interesting and, and ESD too. And ESD. and ESD, I ESD goes down a little bit for one year and I forget about them. Shame on me. But ESD and that makes it be really good as well. And it'll be, it'll be a fantastic race at the top in the SPC's premier division. Okay. So that was week one. Week two, I I had my graduation, so Walker went solo. Walker, what were the what were sort of the high points you saw in Dallas week two? Yeah, we started out. Uh, I guess I started out. You know, I went up thirty five and went over to Dallas Parish Episcopal. You you got to start off with the state champions and the best team in private school last year. Um, I wrote about it in an article, so I won't say too much. But it's a whole different squad than last year. I mean, when you lose 10 out of 12, I know there's 11 starters, but they were very versatile and they had a lot of depth that let them be versatile. But losing 10 out of 12, basically starters on defense, the entire secondary, two linebackers, three on the defensive line, that hurts any squad, no matter public, private, anywhere in the country. That is hard to replace. And um, that's going to be interesting to see how they do it. Now, don't get me wrong. They do have dudes. Uh I mean, 25 saw your Anderson. I put in the article. Um, I've been blessed to see guys like Quinn Ewers, Connor Wegman, Kate Klubnick, Jackson Arnold last year. Um, just to name kind of the top guys in the state. Um, I'm not saying he is as good as some of those guys, but just basically on arm talent, I've never seen a guy throw as effortless of a football than Sawyer Anderson. Sawyer can throw the ball. He can throw it left, right, on the run, in the pocket. Whatever you need him to do, he can make the throw. And it's honestly really effortless for the guy. And it's that you can see the reasoning uh, in his recruitment rising year after year after year. Um, I'm so excited to see him uh, this season. I think he'll prove himself as probably a top five quarterback in the state in his class. Um, with Honestly, he's already proven it now, but I think he will solidify it this coming year. Um yeah, I I said it in there. If two four seven on three rivals, et cetera, don't have a as a top five quarterback in Texas and the top I said fifty, you could argue it like 40, 25 class in Texas is deep that year, but um he they they haven't watched the film and haven't seen him play. I think is Novikov, like I said here, as long as Novikov has him at the helm of the offense, Panthers have a chance in any game. And that's truly what it is. Um, his main target next year will probably be Hutch Crow, the 24 wide receiver transferred over from Highland Park last year, maybe really impressive catches has great footwork, great route running. I think he'll be a really, really good player for them. He'll also have Bryson Fields as well. I know DC crane will be in the backfield a little bit, but maybe receiver. We'll see how they use him. Um, also, I think uh, the running back Maddox Reed, the division one off of running back, uh, you know, took over for Cedric Mays a little bit, let him be more versatile last year and also Andrew Paul last year. Uh, and he did a very good job. So he'll be really good next year. The offensive line, you know, the the best unit in all of private school last year was the offensive line at Parish Episcopal, and you only lose one of them. And Aiden Gilmore, who's going to Iowa State, which that's a big loss, of course. And they're going to figure out 
with Sam Leo, our defensive lineman or offensive lineman of the year last year, Jacob Crenio, Nick Ferris, Nate Weber. Those are the four solid guys, and they're lucky to have them back next year. But with those four guys, who do you have the fifth? There's a couple guys that they were trying out. It's going to be interesting to see uh, who they have as that fifth guy. Um, but it's it's going to be interesting. They need to figure out that fifth guy going into this year, especially with their non-district schedule. With not that much returning on defense, you have to solidify the offensive line to let Sawyer throw. And having that fifth guy chosen and strong in that decision is going to be essential for this year. So that's going to be interesting to see. Now, moving over to the defense. Um, you know, most places when you lose 10 out of 12 defense, you lose your probably your star guys, which you did, Damry, uh, Trey, all those guys. But luckily for Parish Episcopal, they're not like everyone else. And they returned two guys with 30-plus offers each. 2025 linebacker Parker Meese and 2024 defensive lineman Caleb Mitchell Irving. Uh, yeah, man. he they I mean, they looked apart. Uh, Caleb was not uh, practicing that one day we were watching, but he looks as physically as impressive as always. Um, Parker Meese, coming back from his injury last year, doesn't look like he's lost one step, and he looks ready to go. And I've, I've seen him in the, you know, the videos in the offseason. He's working out with Donnie Bags. Uh, man, he looks ready to go, and he's going to show a lot of people why he's going to be one of the top linebackers in the state next year. Uh, both of them leading that defense will be huge for the Panthers next year. Um, they're very, very impressive. They also have guys who stood out to me, 2024 defensive lineman Ty Witte. I'm going to say Witte or Wit. I'm going to say Witte. I don't know. Yeah, I never asked his name. Uh, Zach Shapiro was one in the 25 class, a linebacker. I think he was like 6'3". He looked very, very impressive. Uh, 2025 offensive lineman Quam Byers was one of the guys who's going to fight for that spot. And also 2026 athlete Marcus Hanish was one that stood out as well. They have a solid squad. And, you know, they lose a lot. And they lost a, t- they lost a culture of a senior class that won four straight state titles. For sure, the the culture is still there, but that's that's different for any school in the country. That's hard to come back from, but it's Parish Episcopal, and I'm not going to bet against them anytime soon. So give me the Panthers as the number one team in private school next year, probably. And uh, um, as long as Novikov, you got Sawyer, you got Meese and Irving, and all these guys, how do you how can you bet against them, man? But that's going to be a really good squad next year. Next just, team. Next team. Fourth All Saints. All right. Fourth All Saints, I mean, uh, they've had a lot of incoming transfers, and for uh, and it's definitely shown out. I mean, with Parrish and then going to All Saints the next morning, uh, I probably saw twenty plus college coaches there every every day. Like it was just impressive. You know, you just had the rotation of guys, coaches coming in and out, just coming to watch the guys. And um, I put it in there. Uh, they found their quarterback. That was the one thing is, you know, you found Spriggs last year, and that was a big piece for them to help them go to the state. You lose him again. Who do you have next year? Oh, well, why don't we just get one of the top five quarterbacks in the class in 2025? And that's what they did. Kelvin Ryan comes from Keller Central, and um, he's a true dual threat quarterback, man. Um, And I say that because a lot of times that maybe gives a stigma of, oh, he's not good with his arm. He can just run the ball. No, 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 no. Keldon can throw the ball. If you make him throw the ball, he will dice your defense up nonstop. And I'm a, I would be terrified if I was a defensive coordinator. He's a really good player. But him with Reed Watkins, the Brock transfer, we'll talk about a little bit more later. That will be the best one-two punch wide receiver, or sorry, running back receiver QB read combo probably in the state. I would be terrified 
for a defensive coordinator, then how do you do you scheme that? Because either way, they're going to expose some part of your defense. Um, it's just going to be interesting to watch. Uh, at the other receiver, Dougie Daughtard probably looks as much as impressive as any receiver in the stage. Just like looking at him, 6'2", long, lanky, can run really well, has great route running. And also having Thomas Wright, man. Thomas Wright will be probably the most effective and uh, have the best stats of any of those guys in that receiving room just because he does his job and he's good at doing his job. Uh, he's like 6'1", catches everything, has a good route running. He's going to be one of the biggest returners from this last year's squad. So having that experience and that senior leadership is going to be crucial with Thomas Wright there too. Um, looking at the defensive side of the ball, Keller Patterson is probably going to be the most one of the physically imposing defensive linemen in the state. Um, he, I don't think he ever lost a one-on-one matchup any time in practice. Um, and also Dougie Daughter will probably play safety corner for them. Uh, 12 interceptions last year. One of the best in the state. Uh, he just has that factor of knowing where to be. And he has that route running recognition without really being taught it yet. And that's just, that's scary. Being able to be coached up even more and learning more about the game for going into next year is going to be so, so crucial for Dougie. Uh, sorry for Kevin, and he's going to have a sensational senior uh, senior year. Uh, he'll be a Division One offer guy. I mean, they're going to have six, seven D one guys at the end of the year. I honestly think so. Like they have a stacked group of talent. The twenty twenty four linebacker edge rusher uh, Darius. Uh, uh, he was uh, he stands at six four two ten. Very, very impressive. And always just was a guy that always stood out and made a play at practice. And I think he'll be a central piece of this team last year. Uh, number 33 looked very impressive last year every time we watched him play. But he'll be a guy, that senior leader for that defense. Uh, and some other guys we need to watch out for. 2025 defensive lineman Blake Robinette. 24 uh, DB Hank Parrish. 24 Cole Edrich. And then 2025, the 6'6", 6'7", offensive lineman Ian Bothwell was not out there that practice that day but he'll be one of the best offensive linemen probably in the state next year. Um, we talked about it. We were talking about it, I think, like in the wintertime, and I said uh, all Saints finally got a taste of – I put it in the article too. They finally got a taste of the state championship appearance in taps, and they don't want that feeling, that taste to go away. Like they, they're they now trying everything they can to get back into the state championship, and you can see why they've reloaded. Also having guys that come back there are going to be crucial for that team. They're going to be a one to watch, man. And I don't know right now. We'll probably do our rankings and our predictions and our, you know, all that later. But you can say right now, Parrish will be at the top. Or sorry, Fourth All Saints will probably be the top of Taps Division Two or one of the top teams. Uh, you have to assume. Right. I mean, have to. Uh, looking at Cistercian. Uh, I won't talk about Cistercian too much. We'll talk about it more later when we talk about SBC 3A. I just want to talk about 2024 offensive lineman Charlie Humphreys. He stands at 6'7", 285, and one of the, like, on all of my trip around a couple of state, a uh, couple of weeks, uh, he was one of the most impressive athletes I saw at Cistercian. Um, Just moves so well for his size. He's athletic. He's flexible. Moves well. He's strong. Um, he has a bright future ahead of them, man. And I think if any coaches, any college coaches watch this or find anything about us, Go look at this kid, man. If you need a 2024 offensive lineman tackle, need to go watch this kid, man. He will. He is the. He has a 35 on the ACT, like 4.55 GPA. Like he will not. Like 
Don't worry about him in the classroom and watch him go to work. And he's his best football for some of these guys, you know, their best football was in high school. They don't have a lot of potential in college. This guy has all the potential in college and he has his best football uh, in front of a man and he's going to have a bright future. And I just wanted to shout him out really, really good, you know, good, respectful young man. And I wish him the best. Um, I guess I'm just going to keep going. Uh, really of- quick, what are the chances that Cade Burke becomes a better offensive lineman than Cole Burke? Uh, I don't know, man. We're going to have to ask Cole, man. I think uh, uh, Cade looked impressive, man. He looks very, very impressive. Uh, I mean, if any, if he has that dog in him like Cade does, uh, Cole does, I mean, I think he'll have a really bright future. Shout out to Cole, man. Well, I, I, I hope uh, I hope Cade never gets to an SBC title game because he'll end up getting thrown out of it. I think that's in, I think it's in the Burke genetics. <laughs> Hey, I can say I joked with I joked with uh, I joked with Cole at DC's award banquet. So that wasn't a shot. That was a, no, that no, was no, no. Yeah, me and Cole. That's amazing. Uh, shout out Cole, man. Wish you the best. Uh, looking at the next team, I went over to Plano. Went and saw Plano Prestonwood. Um, they lose a lot, man. They lose, you know, Luke McGarry, AJ Sibley, Carter Stoutmeyer, Jackson Maneff, McGuire Martin, and they lose a lot. And they're returning a good amount. But they also just lost, uh, we'll talk about more later, Caleb Bowers to Plano Press or Parish Episcopal. So, what do they have returning? Well, they have a good amount of stuff to help them go back to the state championship. Uh, Nathan LaPerry, uh, Hudson Lunsford, Gunnar Naviar, Colson Reeves, Marshall Tucker are going to be the superstar guys. Hudson Lunsford's tape is probably one of the most fun linebacking tapes. If you ever just want to watch a guy go to work, go watch his tape. Nathan LaPerry will be a speed rush off the edge. He'll be a really, really good defensive lineman next year. Uh, Colson Reeves in that offensive line, probably no plain impressive. What always just has six four two sixty guys that just look the part, and he'll be one of those guys, just a leader for that offensive line. Just has a high motor. Wanted to always make sure he moved defensive linemen to point A to point B and get him out of the play. Man, that's what I like in an offensive lineman. He has a bright future ahead of him. Uh, Gunnar Navier, Navier, uh, was a really good receiver at practice. He'll be having really really a a productive season for Prestonwood this year. And Marshall Tucker, the 25 defensive lineman is one. I'm very excited for next year. He just looks the part six, three, two 30. Um, he'll be, have a bright future ahead of him. Uh, some other guys, Enzo Bingham, the 25 uh, athlete, Caleb Bingard, Caden Collins will probably be the guy that takes over for AJ Sibley at the running back spot. And also great. Yari. They have a couple guys that are going to be bright future ahead of them. And we'll talk more about uh, the defensive lineman from T.C. Addison transferring over. Uh, that will be a huge piece for them. Uh, we'll talk about really, the full- really, really quickly before we before we move on. Um, we're going to talk about Parrish and Preston Wood later in the episode. As as a teaser to that, compare and contrast two of the best linebackers in the state, Hudson Lunsford and Parker Meese, for me. How do their game? How are their games similar and different? Because again, they're two of the best in the state. And also district rivals. So I'm curious to see how that's yeah. going to play out this year. I think um, uh, I love I love Hudson's game because of the IQ he plays with. Like, you know, some guys just have it at the linebacking spot where they just know where they need to be. They have the side-to-side mobility, and they just make that play every single time. There's a reason Hudson has 147 tackles last season, one of the most productive guys in the state. I want to see if I got that on the top of my head. 37, 137, apologies. <laughs> Still very impressive. But he just he just knows where to be and has the IQ to back it up. The all-state linebacker was just so impressive, and it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, because 
if you're an offensive coordinator, how do you scheme against him? Because he always will try to be, if you're in the, if you're going to run in the box, like he's going to be there in the hole making that play. So you have to scheme around him and that, especially uh, going into the playoffs time, because that's when he's probably at his best. Parker is a different cat because he, he is the, I don't mean this as a dig to Hudson, but like he has the, like the potential six, two, fast, athletic, long. He has the college potential for being a power five guy. And that's why he has the offers. Cause he looks the part Hudson, of course, all already like Hudson also does, but Parker has the, I guess just the elite athleticism as one of the top linebackers in the state. That's kind of what his difference is. And he uses that to his advantage. He can go out in coverage. He can run in the, if you need him in the front seven. He can do that too. His athleticism will get him so far, and he's still learning the learning the game and having a whole year uh, under his belt that he didn't have last season by getting hurt mid year will be crucial for him. But he he's a really good player. He has a nose for the football, great sideline to sideline speed, and he has the size and he has the frame, and that's going to be so crucial uh, for them next year because he can he's so versatile. That's what I think. Meese brings a little bit different to Hudson is his versatility. He can go into the box and he can be a run run stopper or he can get drop into coverage if you need him to do that as well. So probably like Hudson is really, really good in the run and he's that's where his bread and butter is. I think Parker is more, a little bit more versatile if that if that's your if that's the answer you're looking for. Yes, that is that is a very comprehensive answer what I was looking for. I for one am incredibly excited to see to see the linebacking matchup whenever Preston Wood and Parrish play. It's just something that came to my mind. No doubt, no doubt. Uh but yeah, I mean they have a bright squad ahead of them and uh I'm excited to see especially with some guys they uh supposedly might be coming in here and there. It's going to be interesting to see this Preston Wood squad coming into the fall. I'll do quickly about my SES guys. Uh Jeff Dixon, I got to meet him for the first time. New head coach. I didn't realize, but he was a legendary coach down there in KD, went over to Alvarado, made the state championship, lost by, I think, like one. But he brings a pedigree uh, to this team of elite coaching for many, many years. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see because Flowers brought in a culture of football of success. And that's not been something like that for a long, long time of success at SES, especially for football. But he set the standard there, and I think he's going to excel and extend that uh, Coach Dixon will. Um, but, you know, they lose a lot from this last year's senior class. Uh, you know, they lose Antoine Polk, John Talbot, Christian Wells, Maradorn Pardue, and some other guys, Graham Holster. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do, but they still have some talent still there. J.R. Stegall, the 2024 defensive lineman. I think, bro, if Fort Worth, if Fort Worth made a team and having Keller Patterson and J.R. in the middle, oh my gosh, no one would be running on it anyone in Fort Worth. That's how I would see it. But he's, he like, they're going to be dominant guys. JR just is, you know, I t- I said in the article, you know, some guys that like, when you get off the bus, you want the, those guys to be the first off the bus, just looking like, oh, it's a fantastic have to play- term, right? Fantastic. Like first, pl- first, got first off the bus type of guy. JR is that dude, man, six, three, two You do not want to go against this guy. He's He's big and he's strong, but also he's athletic and he's quick and he's uses his hands so well at the point of attack. And he has a bright future ahead of them. I think he's a for sure division one guy and colleges need to go to look at this kid, man. I have to hype up my guys a little bit, but he, I don't think he really does needs hyping up. I think he is that guy and I, I really like him. 
Uh, two guys that how were... how easily could I uh, could I convince Jr. to move to Tyler? Do you think uh, you think he wants to be by Lake Palestine or some sort? Because maybe. I think Grace Grace could probably use him. Maybe hey that hey that defensive line of Simeon and him that would be pretty deadly. I ain't gonna lie, but uh two two twenty fours that weren't there at practice, but I'm excited for Adrian Lewis, the six six uh, guy, uh, big A as they call him down there. He already has some power five offers. He'll be a great uh, addition to that uh, offensive line next year. He'll be a senior leader. Madison McCarroll has been a guy there for a couple of years now, and he'll be a senior leader on the offensive and defensive side. Just pure athlete, has a different gear to him, high motor, and he's just a football-playing dude, and you always want a guy like that on your squad. Bryce Anderson is a guy, I when I first saw that, heard that name, I think of the AM safety, Bryce Anderson, which, if hey, if he's anywhere near that talent, hey, we got a guy there at SES, man. He came in for Georgia. Uh, very, very impressive guy moves really, really well. He'll be a stud receiver and defensive back for them. Uh, six foot one seventy five plays really well, plays bigger than he is. Cause he looks, he feels like he's like six, two plays like six, two. Um, but he is a really, he's a bright future ahead of them. I think he has a, like, I, he's going to be a dude for them next year. I'm excited for him. He's a great young kid, man. Great, uh, respectful young man. And I'm excited for them next year. Uh, now we already got. Uh, he just got a Division One offer after writing this article, which you never know. Maybe that's us. But uh, UTSA officially offered 2026 defensive lineman DJ Beasley. Beasley, and I don't say this often, especially at my campus. That is a that is going to be a power five guy at SES probably for the first time in 20 years. I mean, he, this kid is uh, impressive. I mean, at at he started all games last year at six two. Uh, he's 6'2", 235 now, made all district, I believe, as a freshman. He is going to be so – he. Uh, I man, I'm so excited to watch him grow, man. He's 14 years old at 6'2", 235. That doesn't come around often. And he, he backs that up with really, really good athleticism, great footwork, moves, uses his hands really well, and he's versatile. You want to put him in as a three-tech on the interior, go ahead. If you want to put him on the edge as a five – Go ahead, let him go to work. Either way, he has a bright future ahead of him, and I he's only scratched the surface of his ability. Has a bright future ahead of him, man. Uh, other guys, uh, Caleb Corman, the offensive lineman, Holden Shellhorse, the twenty-four athlete, Wilson Jones is going to be their linebacker next year. That was there last year, and twenty twenty-five, Wyatt Averhoff is going to be one of the guys fighting for that quarterback spot next year. Uh, had a pretty good arm, and I'm excited for him as well. They're going to be interesting, especially with this, you know, with Argyle and, you know, All Saints loading up. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how SES does next year, but they have a couple guys that are going to keep them in games no matter what. So, and the grit that they have over there, I mean, I can never count out those guys. Kearney Valley. All right. By the way, you're talking much more after this. I'm, I need a break for a second <laughs> after this. Absolutely. I'll, I'll run through all my schools in Dallas after that. Awesome. All right. Last one of the week two was Fort Worth Trinity Valley. Uh, Gavin Parkhurst is the guy over there. And I think he's a division one offer guy. I don't think he, I think he has a bright future ahead of him. I he's everything you want. When you look at a quarterback, six, three moves really well, uh, throws the ball really, really well. I think he is going to be probably one of the best players in SBC three next year. He's division. He should be a division one offer quarterback. Um, 
Very, very uh, impressive dude. Jacob Maynard is another guy who I think is a Division One prospect, and I don't know when's the last time TVS had multiple Division One talents on their roster, but he is one of them. Jacob Maynard, the linebacker athlete for them, six foot two hundred five, looks the part, moves really, really well, has great football IQ, instincts, athleticism. Um, he is not afraid of contact as well, which you definitely need in a linebacker. I think his future is at a linebacker spot somewhere at the next level, but uh having him on both sides of the ball will be so effective for them. Um, I think he's just a versatile weapon and coach Morrison is definitely love, uh, lucky to have him and excited for another two years of Manord. Um, some other guys we'll talk about more. Uh, Carter Lee will be one of the best uh, 24 athletes receivers coming back uh, shifty versatile plays both sides but he'll be one of the top receivers coming back next year. Will Scott was our offensive lineman uh, for SBC last year. The 6'8", 290 offensive lineman looks w- really, really well. He's still raw, but he moves well. He's flexible. And he has a lot of his best football ahead of him, like I talked about with Humphreys. You need to watch out for this kid. Um, he's going to be a bright future ahead of him, and someone needs to go take a look at this kid. Um, other guys, Luke Williams, Charlie Anderson, Ben Nagushu. Uh, and Tucker Howe are all going to be other guys you need to look out for. But the 2026s that played a lot are going to be two guys that need to be watching out for. Aiden Atkins on the defensive line. And also Chris Houston will be a, like a versatile athlete, but plays a lot of linebacker for them last year. Probably played more linebacker for them this year. I want to say he's a younger brother of Will Houston that was there a couple years ago. I'm going to guess, right? Both the same last name. Um, but he, if he's, if he's going to play anything like will, he's going to be a great player and he's going to be definitely one to watch for both of those guys. But that wraps up those guys. I think SP, looking at TVS, um, I think they have the brightest, uh, potential, the highest potential of anyone in SBC three a, and we'll, we'll talk about it more later. But I mean, if I had to right now predict SBC three a, I would have TVS probably winning it all right now for just from looking at practice. Yeah, we'll talk about that more in the in the Q and A section because somebody brought it up, and three A is very interesting to me. But it, it's going to be really hard to argue between the three headed monster of Scott Maynard and Parkhurst why TVS shouldn't be preseason number one. Not ruining anything because there's still more to talk about there. But we we'll see how it shakes out. Maybe maybe in our conversation in a few minutes or maybe thirty minutes, depending on how fast we get through leg three, uh, we'll <laughs> change our minds regarding regarding SBC three A. But Walker, to give your voice a break, I will start. We were both at Liberty Christian, and then I'll, I'll run through LCS and then my four other schools. Um, so as for Liberty Christian, if you didn't know already, Liberty's coming. Um, as most people will remember from last year, Liberty Christian started out as, I mean, as the preseason favorite pretty much, and then they, throughout the regular season, were our favorite and pretty much everyone's favorite to win state. And then, you know, they had a, they had a quick exit in the playoffs and then all saints took over essentially what all saints became what Liberty was early in the season. Um, They're going to be very, very good again this year. They're going to look to go much deeper in the playoffs than this past year. And a lot of that's going to be, they're going to rely on whoever comes out of this quarterback battle between Cole Welver and Hogan Nelson. Both of them looked incredibly good. Hogan Nelson was our offensive player of the year no, sorry, our quarterback of the year in D2 last year. He looked really good. So did Cole. It's, I'm I'm incredibly interested, Walker. We don't see a whole lot to two of the top talents 
in terms of a quarterback, like going at each other at the same school. I really like it. A lot of the time someone else will just transfer to another school. I think it's really good for the game to see both Hogan and Cole battling it out. But even the third guy, uh, the the young baller. Uh, yeah, tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot uh, his name. Uh, he's he's the younger baller. Like his last name is Baller. Mm. But he was also really, really good. I mean, they probably have the best quarterback room in all the private school, man. They, they All three to. guys would play at any other school man like they they're very very impressive um so yeah i mean i love competition and having being able to compete against the best is always what makes it better i mean you get the best out of each other and you know coach wouldn't always want love uh having competition in a quarterback room man so he's definitely excited about that Absolutely. Also, incoming senior wide receiver Michael Stump was very impressive. 6'2", 200. He's clocked at a 4'5". He reminds me a lot of Blake Youngblood from Parrish. He just kind of has that air about him. Just very, very savvy. He's going to be he's going to be one of the top receiving threats for Liberty Christian. Was very impressed with his game. 6'5", 345, big man in the trenches. Keith and Smith will be a junior this coming season. That dude looked very impressive. I think we said the left side of Liberty's line is going to be, it, it's a niche category, but it's going to be the best left side of any line in the state between Keith and Smith. And was it, was Nathan, it Nate Nathan Humphreys? Hum- yep. Yeah. Yeah, Nate Humphreys, between those two, I mean, 6'4", 295, 6'5", 345, both dudes looked not just physically gifted, but also their technique's very good. They know where to be. I mean, Walker, both of those guys looked really, really good. What were your thoughts on on Humphreys and Smith? Yeah, I mean, I think Humphreys is is only a sophomore right now. He'll be a junior, you know, coming fall. Mm-hmm. But I think the, that guy has a bright future ahead of him, 6'4", 295. And since the last time I saw him his freshman year, or – I guess going into his sophomore year, he was, he's gone into his body a little bit. He's, you know, like he, he looks more toned, looks ready to go. He'll be a good player going forward. And also Keith, and I mean, just looks very, very impressive. He, I mean, he was dominating out there. He's strong. He moves, moves well. Uh, he's, he, he bends well. He's flexible. Uh, those guys are going to be a key piece of this team. If they ever want a rushing attack uh, and also protecting whoever the quarterback is coming fall. Absolutely. And speaking of the rushing attack, incoming junior running back Chase Garnett really, really caught our eyes um, at practice. The dude runs a four or five and more impressively to me, he squats 550 pounds. That's almost 600 pounds. I'm sorry. I I, ha- I put 300 pounds in my back and I feel like I'm going to die. This dude squats 550. It's insane. But he, I mean, you, you can see when he runs the ball, you can see why or how he squats that much because it's intense. It's explosive especially him running behind Humphrey and Smith. It's going to be a very, every facet of Liberty's offense is going to be good. And it's going to be really fun to watch this year. And funny enough, we talked about all these players. We haven't even talked about the guy that I thought looked most impressive at practice. That's going to be incoming senior defensive end Max Saul. And it's mostly that came from one-on-one Saul mauled everyone he faced in one-on-ones and he's a guy that we haven't talked about a lot up to this point because i don't think we've necessarily heard a ton but i think we're poised to hear a lot from saul this year he's 6'4 235 high motor elite block shedding this dude if it's so hard to get your hands on him and him locked up because he's so good getting your hands off of him i think max saul is poised for a really big year and also, how can you talk about Liberty without talking about incoming junior Quentin Brown, the fastest man in the state, ran a 10-5-1, came away with gold in the 100 at the Tap State meet. I mean, Brown's burst is unlike any other in the state. I mean, I, I think 
wherever you end up putting Brown on the field, he's going to succeed. He's so versatile and he's going to be an incredible talent for Liberty this season. And I've said that about almost every guy that we've talked about with Liberty Christian. That's because that's how much talent this team has. I mean, I, I think if I had to guess, we're, we're going to see Liberty start like they did last year and they might finish the same way. I'm really, really excited to see how the Warriors turn out this season. Moving on, after Liberty Christian, I ended up going to Bishop Lynch the next day. Lynch Lynch has some some weapons as well, starting with a transfer from First Baptist, incoming senior PJ Washington. Washington might he he's going to make a case for for the best receiver in D one, and a lot of people I don't think would expect that from a guy that transferred from a D four program in First Baptist. He absolutely looks the part. He's going to be wide receiver one for uh for the friars i mean he's so incredibly fast and he's smooth and he catches the ball well i got a picture of him absolutely mossing somebody he does everything right um he's one of the most underrated wide receivers in the class of 24 and i i hope to see him go get more spotlight soon just keep remember the name pj washington Again, like I said about Liberty, how do you talk about Bishop Lynch without talking about the young buck legend Howell? One of the most impressive freshman seasons we've seen in a long time in taps. He took over the reins of Bishop Lynch and and commanded that offense. Is what what is what a freshman? Fourteen years old. I mean, just incredible performance. And that's why he won our taps D one newcomer of the year last year. He's one of the best prospects in the class of 26, and I, I think he's only going to continue to improve his stock. I mean, he, he's built incredibly well, and just there's no substitution for game reps. And the amount of reps he's going to get in his high school career is going to be more than almost any person in the state because of how many games he started his freshman year. I think Howell is poised for a really strong sophomore effort, and it's crazy to think we're going to have three more full years of Legend Howell in private school. Also, incoming senior guard slash center, Luis Moreno, looked very impressive to me. 6'4", 320. He's had a solid camp circuit, really drawing the eye of a lot of programs. I, I think Moreno's another underrated guy, especially in the offensive lineman sector of 24. He's he's built well. He moves well. I think the Friars are going to be able to run the ball well with God's will, Giadolor. This coming year, uh, God's will looked, looked very impressive. He was He caught my eye first against um against central catholic in the playoff game that lynch had with him last year and he just like i said like i said a few minutes ago he runs with uh with a raw intensity i mean he's not running he's not running to run around you he's running to run through you and he does that very well so expecting a big year out of god's will geodolar moving on the next team i'm going to talk about is first baptist I don't know if I'm waiting to say this for for the Q&A, but I might just ruin it now. I could see First Baptist winning Division Four, and it sounds crazy. I'll explain it more later. First Baptist has some daggum talent, man. That talent starts with the Weatherford transfer, Hunter McCoy. He was our Division Four Offensive Player of the Year last year. I mean, you turn on his tape and you see why. He posted over 3,200 yards, 40 touchdowns, and he he didn't throw eight interceptions. He he picked off eight different guys last year. Uh, Hunter McCoy, he's, he's a freak, man. I mean, you don't, you look at him and you think that's the guy that won y'all's, y'all's offensive player of the year and you're projecting to be one of the best quarterbacks in D4? Yes. Yes, it is. Go turn on that film. That is one of the best, like, highlight tapes of last year man that is just fun to watch 
Dude, he is he is filthy, and especially learning under a guy like Jason Lavorn at First Baptist, like the quarterback whisperer. I again, there's a lot of re- the more I talk about it, the more I talk myself into thinking that First Baptist will win Taps Division Four. Now, granted, that Lubbock Christian is going to be very good and probably will and should be the favorite. No. Brazos Christian is going to be very good. We'll talk about all that later. Let me speculate right now and have some fun thinking that that first Baptist um, might come away with it. I haven't even talked about the receiving core yet, which might be the best receiving core in the entire state in Taps Division Four. The the college talent is absolutely ridiculous, and in terms of collegiate talent, it starts with Dominic Sadu Robinson. He won our D four underclassman of the year. This dude, he currently at the time of writing this, he held twelve D one offers, and that was a week ago. I think he's up to like sixteen or seventeen. Uh, three, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 18 good lord so he's he's received he's received six division one offers in the last week and a half i mean he, you can see why when you watch him play he's he's everything that i said about pj washington he's he's fast he's smooth he doesn't drop balls which is a huge thing when it comes to receiver i know that seems like it's it's intuitive considering that your job is to catch the football but a lot of these guys there's a lot of guys that are really fast and really athletic but they're inconsistent and they drop the ball that should be dropped sadu doesn't he he catches everything and he's going to be i mean he's poised for a gigantic season this year Another guy that's poised for a great season is Caleb Mitchell, the 6'5", just absolute pogo stick of a human being. The dude can go up and get anything you throw at him. I mean, he's super long. He's super lanky. He's smooth. He already holds offers from Utah, Boston College, UNLV, and expect a lot more to roll in during his junior effort. Another fantastic addition to an already really good 25 class. Um, but the guy that I thought was the most impressive on First Baptist was incoming senior wide receiver Elijah Kaysen. This dude, his burst is ridiculous. He when he starts running, he looks as fast as as I've seen anyone play private school football. I mean, wow. watch his tape, you'll see it. Uh, he it's it's ridiculous. I don't know as an opposing defensive coordinator in Division Four how you game plan for Elijah Case and especially having the game plan for Hunter McCoy and his legs. I, I don't I don't know how you do it. It's gonna be anyone scheming against First Baptist is gonna they're gonna have to crack the Da Vinci code to figure that one out. But there's a couple more prospects I want to mention. The first being probably the guy I've been most excited about that I've that we've seen over this whole tour. Incoming senior defensive end Abuchi Godwin. Six five and a half, almost six six. He'll be playing football for the first time this fall. He's from Nigeria. He's been a basketball guy primarily. This dude, and I, I will ask Walker, we put a picture of him on the screen right now. This dude is jacked, and it's not like it's not show muscle. Some guys are built really big. They, they look like Tarzan. They play like Jane. Not the case with Abuchi Godwin. Abuchi is a freak. I'm I'm really really excited. And it's funny after we post it, and I know I know I'm right. Because after we posted that picture of Abuchi Godwin, I went back and checked like four or five times. He think I think he had like ten or fifteen college coaches, like and like probably like nine Division One college coaches follow him after we posted that. Abuchi, I think, is going to have an absolute terror of a season in Tabs Division Four. Uh, last couple of guys I'm going to talk about off First Baptist Class of 26 offensive lineman and defensive lineman Corey Thomas is is going to be is going to be one of the best prospects to roll through 
First Baptist. He just, I forgot. I was it Arizona State that just offered him. Yeah, just picked up an Arizona State offer. He ran out of his freshman season, fifty tackles, ten tackles for loss, and three sacks. Um, he's gonna he's gonna blow those numbers out of the water. I think this year he's going to be an incredible prospect. Last guy that I'm going to talk about. I know I've talked about First Baptist for like ten minutes already, but incoming freshman quarterback George and Nagnostis. I it's the best I can do. He's going to be one to watch over the next several years. I watched him throw the ball with Hunter. George throws one of the prettier balls I've seen from a kid his age. And I think with, like I said about Hunter, I think with four years under Lavorne and learning from him, I, I think he could be, I mean, I think he could be a division one player. I really do. I mean, he throws the ball really well. He's going to play, he's going to play linebacker this year while Hunter plays quarterback. Like I said in the tweet, it's a testament to the kid's toughness and, I don't know. I I think there's something special about a kid that's built to be a quarterback going out and playing, contributing at linebacker. It's just it, yeah. fire your belly. It's grit. Okay. Uh, before I talk about Don and Dallas, Christian Walker, I'll hand it off to you because I've talked for the last 20 minutes. I think I interrupted. Yeah. So, so who else did you see in Houston this past week? Yeah. So I went down to Houston. I saw Houston Christian, Fort Bend, Second Baptist, St. Thomas, and the Woodlands Christian Academy. Uh, I'll start, start off with Houston Christian. You know, they moved down to SBC 3A last season and uh, had a couple close games, I believe. But um, they have a pretty good senior class and uh, of guys that are going to be guys to really watch out for. And the Division One author guy is Jordan Ellie Stewart. The 2024 defensive back is definitely going to be one to watch this season. Um 180 looks the part, moves well, and hey, here's your track times, Wes. 10 7, 100 meter, 4 5 speed. Uh, he'll be a guy that goes uh, Division One just for track, and I believe he just picked up a Navy offer today uh, for track and field. So he'll be a guy, honestly, if he wants you to go do some track and field at the next level, but um, maybe like, you know, walk on as a football player too, but. He has a bright future ahead of him. Fast, one of the best defensive backs in SPC last year, regardless of classification. Um, and he's going to be one of those senior leaders for them next year. Um, I'm excited for him. Uh, another guy, Alex Klein, is going to be a key piece of the defensive uh, defensive uh, secondary next year. Six foot one ninety. He he's kind of a versatile player. You can put him in the front seven or line him up in in the secondary and let him play in pass pro. He, either way, he'll be a valued asset. Um, linebacker Adam Shepard, the 2024 is six foot one ninety. Uh, just recently, I think put up 400 pounds and through her, the squat. So he'll have that strength in the front seven to be a key piece of that, uh, linebacking core for the Houston Christian defense. Um, but he'll be a key piece of that. Another guy, 2025 wide receiver, Anderson Jones was an all SBC, but he's six two one seventy. goes up and gets it. He's a great player. Uh, he's going to be a valued asset. And one guy uh, that the next guy I'll talk about is really lucky to have. The next guy is 2024 Houston Christian quarterback, Brett Kilchrist. Uh, he's a guy who has a lot of excitement to going into next season. Uh, if you don't know anything, the quarterback coach over there is JP Tillman. Uh, one of the best, most respected guys in the area. And he has him ready to go. He's going to have him ready to go for next season. Uh, from talking around the guys around there, I mean, that he'll bring a different juice to this offensive side that they might've not had in the past couple of years. He's a gunslinger. He throws the ball really well and versatile 
he'll be very, very versatile for them next year with his legs as well. 5'11", 180, throws the ball really well, has some colleges coming after him. He'll be a key piece to have uh, success on the offensive side of the ball this year as well. But Houston Christian, man, uh, the coach is having a, has a bright future ahead of them. Thank you to Coach uh, over there for uh, inviting me out. I'm excited for these guys, man. Maybe be on the lookout for them to cause some chaos on SBC 3A, man. They're, they're definitely going to be guys to watch. I think so. I mean, I, I think any program that has Terry Partle as the athletic director is, is poised to make some noise. I got I to gotta show love to Terry Partle. I've, I've known him since I was like 12 years old. After Houston Christian, I made it my day down in Lopez's down in Fort Bend in Missouri City. If you haven't been there in Sugarland. Go to Lopez's great Mexican food. I just, I just, that's my place. One of my favorites when <laughs> traveling to Texas, it's going to that place. It's, uh, it's, I uh, just love it. Great fajitas. Uh, then I went over to Fort Bend, uh, saw coach black and the rest of the guys, man, the state championship team got to see Brady Dever, Connor Talas, you know, the, the state champions, uh, seniors right before they graduate. Best of luck to them. But you know, Coach Black has set a culture down there in the past couple of years. You finally saw it grow and grow, and it ultimately led into a state championship culture. And that's going to be the culture they set for the next couple of years. Um, man, that team is exciting to watch next year. They lose a lot, no doubt, but they have arguably some of the best players in Taps Division Two next year coming back. Um, Bennett Warren is a nationally ranked uh, top 100 prospect, I believe, uh, at least top. I think like top 20 player in the state next year, uh, six, seven moves. Well, I mean, we could talk about forever about Bennett, but, uh, the film speaks for themselves and the offer speaks for themselves. Um, one of the best in this country and a lot of the power five colleges are looking at him. Um, Max Granville has blown up this off season, the 2025 defensive lineman. I, I mean, Wes, I, we were on him first, man. We, we saw him first. We, you know, like, I can pull receipts. I can, can pull, pull receipts. receipts. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, we're, uh, we've been on high on max forever and now colleges are finally offering A&M, Texas, OU, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 114 tackles, 20 and a half sacks. I mean, sensational year and another two years of him. I mean, good Lord for every other team in Houston, man. He is going to dominate for years to come and I'm excited for him because he is, he just brings a different gear, man, off the edge. Like, some guys, defensive linemen are guys you you're good in the run game, not not be all good off the edge. That man will get sacks. You will try to stop him, but he will still win. Like it's he he is going to be a different level. Another the, guy. The that, thing is, the thing is with with Granville. I'll say this before we move on. It's a cliche to say that guys play the best when the lights are the brightest. It's it's and a lot of times that's not exactly true. It is true with Granville. Granville never disappears. Whenever the games are the biggest, he makes yeah. the biggest plays. You can go turn on tape from the state championship game against All Saints or a semifinal game against Regents. Granville is always there. He doesn't disappear. Super consistent. Yeah, Granville was cooking that All Saints line last year, man. I ain't go. I, I'm not gonna deny it, man. He had a couple sacks in that state game, made Spriggs uncomfortable all game long, especially against Regents too. Um, yeah, I mean, dog. And another dog who I am I I am high on, and I'm I hope he gets more love as the season goes on. It's of course the defensive tackle, defensive lineman over there, Ivan Jimmy Ducksworth, six hundred and thirty five deadlift. That is insane. Nine sacks, thirteen tackles for loss as a defensive tackle last year. I mean, 
he is a absolute unit and he will be the center of that defensive line last year. That defensive line for Fort Ben next year is going to be insane. Uh, probably the best and maybe all of uh, taps D two next year is that defensive line for them. Um, it's going to be disgusting. It will be the core of that defense, but he will be the leader of it with him and Granville. Um, I that he deserves all the love he gets, man. And colleges need to go look at this kid. A high motor plays with his hands. Well, just physically strong, smart, and he's a good leader in the locker. Like he's a great locker room guy too. I mean, he's leading those guys during warmups. Cause when I went down there, uh, they were just at it. They had, they were doing weight room stuff because of the, it was pouring down rain in Houston that day. Um, so they just had to do, you know, workout weight room. And he was leading these guys the entire time. And uh, at the end of the day, I will, I'll just say this. I want him on my team. That's what I would want. I would want that guy on my team. 10 out of 10 times. I mean, he's just a dude, uh, football playing dude, and he loves the game. He loves the grind, and there's nothing more you can say about that besides uh, he has a bright future ahead of him, wishing the best. Uh, Tyler Curry, another guy when the lights turn on the brightest, he makes plays. Uh, he was one of those reasons that they even made the state championship. Uh, 2025 wide receiver, 6'2", 180. Uh, he's going to be a really, really important guy for this receiving core next year. Um, excited to watch him next year, man. Uh, he's going to be a bright future. Uh, Wes, I mean, you could talk about him a little bit. I mean, when you saw him play, how excited are you? How excited they should uh, fans be about this kid? Built for the big moment. Um, Fort Ben loses in loses in the semifinals if it's not for Tyler Curry. He came up with two two. I it might have been his only two catches of the game on yeah. the final drive, coming off the passes from Dever. Um, to keep that season alive. I mean, he's just, he's very, very solid. There's, there's a lot, there's a lot that he's learned from guys like, like Gardoni and, um, and oh my gosh. Um, um, uh, Domino. Domino. I cannot, I feel so disrespectful for forgetting <laughs> Domino for a second, but he's learned so much from guys like Gardoni and Domino and guys like Donovan Dixon and Marcus Creighton the year before still two of the greatest Marcus Creighton still is one of the greatest high school players I've ever seen in my life. Even if he didn't go on D one, that dude is a freak. Anyways. Uh, I'm very excited getting back to the original question. Very excited for Tyler Curry. I think, uh, I think this Fort Bend Christian receiving core is always built to do very well. And I think Curry is just going to slide right in there and continue the greatness that has been set for Fort Bend. There you go. Uh, talking about a couple other guys, TJ Smith, uh, the versatile athlete for Fort Bend will be a key piece of that team next year. I'm excited for him. He looks the part 510, 160. Uh, another guy, Jordan Rogers was, I don't remember him honestly last year, but he was there. And I guess we saw, uh, Kobe Sellers all the time in the one defensive side him at the safety spot at 62170 and now division one offered Jordan Rogers is going to be a defensive one of the best probably secondary guys in the state uh has true true track speed one of the best I think he's one of the guys on their four by one or four by four team um I don't I don't know on the top of my head I don't know track but Jordan Rogers in the secondary you know you lose Kobe Sellers it's going to be interesting to see. You lose a lot of seniors on this talented team last year, and it's going to be interesting to see who you have next year and what's going to be the thing because um, there's definitely guys that are Fort Ben is uh, – there are guys on the outside looking in that are definitely interested in Fort Ben and trying to transfer over there. So it's going to be interesting to see how this team is uh, come incoming fall, especially with the summer of people looking at schools and all of that. Um because the interesting thing about I, this is an interesting point we could talk about. 
Liberty and All Saints basically have their team for next year. Like their yeah. transfers have already came in, and we're calling them transfers because that's what they are. But they they did a mid season basically. There's probably a couple other two that will be there come fall, but the the, the core of their teams are basically already there. Four Ben's like transfers or guys who are going to come in haven't been there yet. So it's going to be interesting to see with all the talent they already have, who's going to come back next year. Um, but I think, uh, I guess in taps division two, like I, I can say this, we'll talk about a couple other guys, especially at the quarterback position with Fort Bend. Uh, that is going to be the interesting thing because you lose Brady Dever, who's probably statistically probably the, one of the greatest athletes to ever come through for Bend. Um, and you lose him to graduation and who do you have coming up? Cause you also lose Kobe sellers to shadow Creek, who was going to be your backup and your quarterback next year. So you had no quarterback. So who who's the who's the plan now? And that's going to be interesting to see. And we'll talk about the kind of the two guys that uh, uh, have come in and are enrolled and are going to be the guys for them next year. But um, Fort Bend under Coach Black, you can never underestimate them. They'll have the culture to be the top dog in the South, and everyone is going to have a tar- they're going to have a target on their head with the Second Baptists of the world, the regions of the world to try to. Um, unplace them from the top spot in the south and i think coach black will have those guys ready come season uh and they have too much talent to not be uh to not have other teams afraid of them to be honest so uh gonna be interesting to see uh next team next team all right we go to the other team in that division and second baptist uh second baptist is an interesting one um Probably one of made one of the biggest coaching splashes of the offseason and Beck Bryden, which if you told me five years ago or not even a year ago that Beck Bryden would be coaching at Second Baptist out of all places, I would have been like, you're crazy. He's been mm. Austin Regents through and through his entire life and going to one of their district or South rivals. That's wild. But he's there. Um, and one of the brings one of the most historic, one of the best, I think we talked about in the last episode, like he's on the Mount Rushmore probably of Texas private school coaches. I mean, he started the Austin Regents program, won state titles with them, uh, brought a lot of success to that Regents program. And with his last son graduating this season, he's kind of like his time with Austin Regents is done. So he comes over to second Baptist who, uh, he's definitely excited with some of the talent they have coming back. Um, We'll start out with the quarterback, 2024 quarterback Turner Murdoch goes into his senior year. Um, he got hurt. I believe it was his meniscus at the end of his senior uh, junior year. And so he's been recovering that uh, this off seasons, but he'll, sh- he should be of course ready by the fall. But um, I mean, he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the private school in Houston. You need to watch out for him. He's smart. He's savvy. He's poised. He'll be a good quarterback for them. Um but their star athlete will be uh, J.D. Crisp. Uh, Division one offered already by multiple schools now. Uh, we saw it last year. He He's going to be uh, the dog for them. Both sides of the ball, versatile, athletic, smart. Um, he Most games he'll play, he'll probably be the best dude on the field. And he will, and for good reason. And uh, the superstar athlete will be very, very good and uh, will be the leader for them next year. I don't know how much more to say. 
the defensive back Jackson Powers is a key piece of that equal defensive back uh, secondary. Uh, he the transfer from Fort Bend Christian had a great season last year, but the five ten All State athlete was very very impressive this past year and will be again this year. Moved really well, quick in his his breaks and uh, route recognition, and he'll be a good guy for them next year. I'm excited for him. Um, I'll talk about the two running backs, man. 2025 running back Bryce Butler and also 2026 Langston Davis. They probably will make the two the best two-back tandem in the state at the running back position. Both very, very impressive standout guys. Uh, Bryce probably stands around six foot, 5'11", and Langston stands around 5'10 to 5'11", I believe. Uh, and they just look the part, man. They move really well. They have great vision in the in the backfield, where they need to go, where they need to make their cuts. Uh, they're going to be key pieces, and they're going to have, like, they've always had a staple running back there, you know, with Butler was that dude last year. Eli was the year before. Uh, with Cole Morgan also there last year, and that's going to be a key piece of how they're going to replace Cole Morgan. But, um, yeah, man, I, I'm really excited for Bryce. will probably be, the, of course, the number one guy, but Langston is going to be a dude, and watch those two guys go to work. Well, you you take off one of the t- most talented guys in Houston at the running back position, and you bring on one of the most uh, other talented guys in Houston. So it's going to be interesting to watch that two-back tandem this year. Um, another guy, going to be one of the most underrated guys in Houston is Charlie Shears from Second Baptist, man. 6'7", 230. Um. He he just looked like he was very very impressive in practice. Man moved around really really well. Block shedding, point of attack, uses his length to his advantage. Man, uh, those long arms he stands out, breaks them out, po- uses the point of attack to his advantage. And colleges need to go take a look at this kid. He's going to be very very impressive this year. Um, also, the other guy we'll talk about at Second Baptist is twenty twenty six athlete Cannon Tune. The receiver was uh he was a receiver last year. But he, he's grown up playing quarterback all his life. Uh, he's the younger brother of Hudson Toon, which I don't think will be coming back for his senior season, which is a loss for Second Baptist. But Cannon is he's going to be one of the most special young talents in the uh, Houston area, man. 6'4", 185. Uh, Wes can talk about him at receiver when he went and watched him play. But um, at quarterback... He has a bright future ahead of him, man, and he'll probably be one of the best young guys in Houston. And uh, it's going to be interesting to watch him next year, man. He's going to be really, really good. But yeah, Wes, you want to say anything about him against Fort Bend Christian? And we we might have we might not or might not we might need to put this on the screen because of how good it is. Um, he took one of as a freshman, mind you, he took one of the hardest hits I've ever seen, like a receiver take, like in the end zone, and he hung on to the ball. I, it's just the the moxie he has is well beyond his years. I mean, he and I remember I looked it up. I was like, I don't recognize that number. And I looked it on Max Preps and say he's a freshman. I was like, there is no shot this dude is a freshman, and he was. Yeah. All that to say, Cannon Tune is is here to stay. He's going to be a key contributor for a long time for Second Baptist. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, but that's kind of my overview. There's some other guys that they need to watch out for at Second Baptist, but those are the main guys. Um. With Fort Bend losing a lot of their seniors, it's going to be interesting to see how the first year under Coach Bryden is going to do at Second Baptist. But uh, Coach Bryden comes in and has a lot of talent to start that program with. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, how that goes. It's going to be like, and also, what offense do they run? Do they does he switch anything up from last season? It's going to be very just. It's going to be very very interesting to see, and I'm excited because. One of the best quarterbacks or one of the best coaches now has a 
one of the staples in the Houston area under his belt. And uh, it's going to be exciting to see. So, Okay, real quick, some of the guys that I saw out at Bishop Dunn's spring game that really impressed me. Probably the most impressive guy physically that I saw was incoming senior linebacker Kyle Mollette. I mean, he's explosive. He possesses elite instincts. And he, every single time that a ball was snapped on the offensive side of the field, Mollette was instantly there from his defensive spot. I mean, I think he's going to be one of the best linebackers in Division Two, And I think Division two, district two gets overlooked a lot because of how good district one is in division two. I think Millette, regardless, has a chance to be one of the best linebackers in the state. So remember the name Kyle Millette, very, very talented. And people forget this is a done defense that led the country. Or no, I think he led the state in interceptions last year. A very impressive feat. And they were led by class of 24 defensive back Ravon Robinson. He recorded 10 interceptions in 20 past breakups on his way to securing first team all state last year. Robinson absolutely terrorized every offense that threw against him. And he's poised to do that again this year. He looked the part in the spring. He he locked everyone down that threw against him. I think he's going to have a very successful season again this year. Another guy that looked really good is incoming junior quarterback, Quincy Reams, the dual threat athlete really did. Like I said, he looked the part he can he can run the ball. He's very well built. So if Dunn needs to run him a lot, which I don't think they will because he throws the ball well, but if he needs to run, he's built to take contact and also punish defenders that try to tackle him. I'm very excited to watch Quincy Reams. And I think, you know, if if performed well, I mean, I'd like to see that game between between Reams and Dunn and Sebeki and Grapevine Faith, I really do think that could be interesting. Again, don't don't count out my Grace Cougars. It's not not time to bring that up yet. But like I said, District District Two Division Two is always a very interesting time. In terms of other prospects, incoming junior um, athlete Bradley Mays will be a key contributor for Dunn. I mean, he was probably. I need to make sure I'm getting this right. I think he was six three, six four. Oh, never mind. He's six one, one fifty five. He, he looks longer than that. I think he's got room to grow. He looked really good. He, I mean, he locked, he locked guys down on the defensive end. I mean, there's another contributor for the Falcons in the secondary that was one of the best in the state, bar none. Another big guy for the Falcons is incoming junior linebacker slash defensive end, Paul Geary. He's 6'1", 210. He's a stout presence, and he has an ability to tear off the edge. He also lined up at tight end. Um, in their spring game. So Geary is going to be a Swiss Army knife for the Falcons. And just the way he's built and the way he plays is, is very similar. I mean, he's a very physical presence. I think he's got a chance to be an incredibly good player in District 2. And again, the Falcons, the Falcons have pieces. I think they need to find some help on the offensive and defensive fronts. That was the one pretty glaring weakness I saw from Bishop Dunn. The the lines aren't as good as they should be at this point in the season. They've got a whole offseason to train kids and to bring kids in. If they get the offensive and defensive line figured out, Dunn could could really make a run um, at the District 2 um, championship. Now, I know that they they shared it last year with Grapevine, Faith, and Grace, but if they want to win it outright, they're going to have to get some offensive and defensive pieces on the lines. After Second Baptist, I made another stop in Houston to – Houston St. Thomas. Um, Rich McGuire has those guys working, and they um, – I'm not saying it because I said it last year, but I might say it again. They're my dark horses in, in TAPS Division One, man. There is probably not a more talented roster top to bottom than STH. 
Uh, they probably have like around 10 guys that can go division one or D one players. Uh, and they're led by their running back who has not skipped a beat from since his leg injury last year, Johan Cardenas. I want to say, um, you know, he comes back, tears his ACL and late in the season, you're like, Oh no, how's his recovery going? Like, is he going to be okay? And then goes runs 11, 11, one in the freaking, uh, hundred meter. So, I mean, he doesn't look bad at all. He looks ready to go. He looks strong. Um, impressive. You know, he was committed for Texas tech for a while, but has backed away from his commitment and has other colleges looking at him. It's going to be interesting to watch him. Um, but I mean, I, I think me and Wes both are so high on Cardenas. I think he is probably one of the best running backs in the state and needs to get more love for it too. Um, there's no weakness in his game. There is, point to. Honestly, there isn't. Um, he's strong. He's versatile. He can, he can get the catches out of the backfield. He can run between the tackles and he's, he has the size at six foot two fifteen. He has the athleticism. He has the speed. He has the vision. There's nothing really bad with his game. Like he is so impressive at everything he has to do. And as a running back, I mean, I don't know how colleges don't look at this kid and be like, I want this kid on my team. Like, and he's like, what is it? Like, strong too wasn't he like a 500 600 pound squat or something like that like yeah and he did he he repped 225 like 19 times which made me made me want to throw up it's it's ridiculous man yeah he his bench uh may 15th i'm looking at his twitter right now 395 bench like max like that's that's nuts man shouldn't that shouldn't be allowed nope Uh, so Expect a huge senior season. And I said it last year. I think he will be he'll be the best running back in the state. No doubt. And so having him on your squad with a good offensive line around him, I, I'm high on him. I'm high on him, man. I'm high on St. Thomas. Um, another guy, Tyler Day, the division one offered linebacker, is probably one of the most uh I just like guy that you just want on your team, like is Tyler Day. Like he has that moxie, he has that swagger. But he has the technique and the athleticism uh, at 6'2", 215 with the size. Like, he is going to be a dude next year. And he will be the main guy uh, and the linebacking core for them next year. Uh, I, I he, he, he will hit you and hit you hard. And he will let you know he hits you hard. Um, he is going to be a guy for them next year. And I'm so excited for that. Uh I think he has all the tools and intangibles to be probably the best linebacker, one of the best linebackers in all of TAPS and all of private school next year. And offers need to keep rolling in for this kid, man. I'm excited for him and his future. Uh, he just brings a swagger to a defense that you desperately need. And I, I, I love, I would love to have him on my team. Uh, Grant Stewart is always a guy that we love to go watch. The 2025 defensive back, 5'11, 175, looks the part, moves extremely well, is fluid and quick in his hips. Um, expected huge junior season for him as always. He's going to be a guy that it's going to lock down one side of the field most of the time. Um, we'll talk about the offensive line a little bit. I we put out the tweet and I said that offensive center Anthony Pellerin will be the best center in Texas private school and all will be for the next two years. And I am not. There is no one I think comes close. He is fast. He is strong. Three hundred forty-five pinch, four hundred twenty-five pound squat at six two two forty is athletic, flexible, long, is strong, he's aggressive. There's no there's not a better center prospect in taps in private school and he would start at most state uh, most schools in the country. He is impressive and as a former center, I love watching him play cuz he is just he's he's got it, man. And um 
I, 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 and you know, like most guys, you know, I would get the, when they're walking off the practice, you know, I get the headshot while they're walking to the locker room and talk to them for a little bit. All, you know, for probably 25 minutes after practice, I was walking out finally and I was trying to find him. He just keeps doing sprints. He's already doing sprints after practice for 25 minutes afterwards. He, he just loves the grind, man. And he, it will pay off for him one day, man. He will get the offers. He will be the best center in probably private school football and state um, for the next two years. And he has a bright future ahead of him. Uh, he's a guy that, I mean, I can't speak more highly of. He just, he has it, man. And I'm excited for him. Uh, the other guy, uh, six, seven, 320 pound defensive offensive lineman will play tackle for them. Jacob Hudson. Um, he's still very raw, uh, for his size played homeschool ball and now transferred over. He was there last season, but what's crazy is most guys who, you know, they haven't played at a high level of private school or football in general. Uh, they are still raw. They don't have some of the stuff. He has a bright future ahead of him. I was came away very, very impressed. Great footwork, athleticism, and flexibility for that size is hard to find. And he has it, man. If you bring he's you six some, seven, he's six seven, man. Oh, he's so and he can I came away very, very impressed with the kid, man. Um, colleges need to go down and take a look at this kid, man. He he has all the stuff. If you want to mold him into like a future force year starter, three-year starter at the next level, he des, def, definitely can be. Um and he'll be a key piece of that offensive line for St. Thomas. Uh, him and Pellerin will be a staple on those offensive lines. Uh, and man, he moves so well for his size too. That's what impressed me. Like some of those guys, like they're a little bit like they're slower, just just naturally, right? But he doesn't. Like he's athletic. He has great footwork. Like if you like working on the technique a little bit more and more and more, and he, the offensive line coaches over there are great, and they'll mold him into something really, really good. So don't expect him – sorry, expect, honestly, like him to be a first-team all-district player next year for uh, St. Thomas. Now, looking at the defensive line, uh, two guys that we I've seen a little bit blow up on the recruiting trail a little bit, uh, getting a little recognition from other guys. 2026 Houston St. Thomas defensive lineman Obina Ume uh, was a guy we found – uh, we, we, we found at, after the Kincaid game last year, and we were like, this kid has a bright future ahead of him, but he didn't really play much last year as a freshman. They had a great defensive line. Uh, but seeing him in one off season, he has definitely, uh, put ton of work into the weight room and it certainly has shown, uh, he has a bright future ahead of him and he's jumped on a little, like some people's radars. I had some tweets about him a little bit, uh, expect him to be have a bright future ahead of him next year expect him to be one of the most high profile guys in texas and over the next couple of years if he keeps working and he has that a potential man he has a bright future ahead of him and on the other side is a guy who dave campbell's have have supported a little bit the past couple weeks so shout out to them michael anthony okura uh the saint thomas defensive senior uh is will be one of the most defensive dominant defensive linemen in txps next season um high motor man he does not quit and he quoted our tweet saying like i don't get tired and he honestly every rep he did it was he went right back to this front and got some more work in like he he does not quit man and you love that in a defensive lineman great hands uses his hands extremely well athletic technically sound i mean there's a reason cal just offered him he's now a three-star on dave campbell's he has a bright future ahead of him man and he has been dominating every camp because of the the 
the technique, the motor, the strength he has, he will be one to watch next year. I know uh, the guy rating him as like a top 16 player in the state or top. Yeah. Like one of the best players in the 24 class. And he honestly is, man, he is a dominant force to be reckoned with on any team. And uh, I would say any offensive lineman that has to come and face him. I mean, I'm sorry, man, you're, you're going to lose probably eight out of nine times. Like he is that got type of dude, man. So expect a huge senior year for him. Expect him to blow up on the recruiting trail, especially when he goes to these camps and dominates against other guys uh, in front of college coaches. He's going to be, he's going to be exciting to watch, man, his senior year. Um, Coach McGuire has a great squad. We didn't even get to see Dante. I saw Larry Benton as well. Larry looked very, very impressive as always. He'll be uh, one of their top receivers next year. Luke Edgecombe was there at baseball. Him and Dante were playing baseball that day, but, the two receivers, of course, for St. Thomas next year, of course, are going to be uh, Larry Benton on the outside. Luke Edgecombe is going to be two returning guys who were very high on, especially Edgecombe, man. Edgecombe was a dominant figure every time we went and watched him play. Uh, and also Larry Benton. Larry Benton stands out every time you go and watch uh, St. Thomas. Uh, the size and the speed, the route running that Ed is added on. I mean, he's impressive as always. And a guy that's going to make the transition from quarterback to kind of a tight end role is Blaze Covington. The 6'5", 200-pound uh, athlete will be a huge piece of that receiving core next year. I'm very, very excited because they're going to be def- – he's going to be a definitely that kind of that third or fourth piece for that receiving core that's going to be essential for their success. Um, other guys, of course – uh, Aaron Valentine, the free safety spot, Marquise Kayata, uh, Keenan Bonner, the other corner the, the for the defensive backs. Uh, they're just got a sh- really good squad, man, and I'm excited for this team. Uh, St. Thomas, man, they're, they have a bright future ahead of them, and we might talk a little bit more another episode about our predictions, but uh, best believe with all the talent that St. Thomas has and the quarterback now with Dante leading the helm, they have a bright future ahead of them, man. They made the semifinals last year. Um, I could see them there again this year, man. They they have a bright future ahead of them. So, yeah, definitely. So they're going to be a dark horse for sure. Um, we're we're gonna have to see how they perform in the season. But on paper, on paper, they're the deepest team in the state, and we're gonna yep. see how that translates. But I'm very excited for it. But the last team I'm gonna discuss before we get out of here is Dallas Christian. Now, I've only got three guys. To- to really highlight on DC because I didn't go watch a practice for some reason they keep letting me come back and present at their awards banquet so I'm very it's one of my favorite things to do every year but I got to catch up with some guys after that and I will detail them here first you can't talk I've said this exact phrase like three times this episode so I apologize but you can't talk about DC without mentioning Will Nettles I mean I remember whenever DC fans were first saying this because let's keep it 100 DC fans are rabid and not always extremely rational. And they were like, Will Nettles is the best prospect in the state. And whenever they were saying that, I was like, these people are insane. They're not rational. Will Nettles is one of the best prospects in all a private school. And that's, that's not even a debatable question. Oh, I yeah. mean, he has, he has only God knows how many D one power five offers now. I mean, he looks the part last year. He posted 2000 total yards, 23 touchdowns, six interceptions and three pick six. And keep in mind that six interceptions and three pick sixes with teams throwing away from him. I mean, the, the dude's a freak. Offensively, he gets it done. Defensively, he gets it done. I, I don't even need to talk about Nettles that much because you all already know about him. I mean, D.C., he's invaluable to that team. and He's going to have a fantastic senior season. I can already see it. 
Um, another guy that's been huge for Dallas Christian since his freshman year is incoming junior quarterback Luke Carney. He was our offensive player of the year last year. The main thing about Carney is Carney, I don't know what he's been. Actually, I talked to his mother. I know he's been eating a lot of like chicken, shrimp, beef, really good stuff. He's gained like 40 pounds since the end of the season. He's he's about sitting at 200 pounds right now, and it's not bad weight. The dude is jacked. And I think, I mean, I don't know. It's just so weird to me because I remember seeing skinny freshman quarterback Luke Carney, and now we're about to see jacked upperclassman junior leader Luke Carney. Again, I, I say this a lot. It makes me feel old, but I'm very excited to see uh, what what jacked Carney does this upcoming season. Luke Carney, who just posted an offer from – Walker, uh, please save me here. Western Michigan? Western Michigan, yes, his third D1 offer. Uh, Carney – Carney's got the, the pedigree, the intelligence, the arm talent, and the athleticism to go play Division One football, and I think he's going to prove that here over the next couple seasons. Um, okay, so the last guy I'm going to talk about, and a guy that I think, I think that we might have we might have not helped, but alerted colleges to, is incoming senior defensive lineman Porter Nix. Uh, talk about guys that look jacked. Porter Nix looks like he. He ate the old Porter Nicks and also lost fat at the same time. I don't understand it. I, I talked about Brody Gardner from from Brazos Christian being a scary character off the edge. If I saw if I if I was a quarterback and I saw Porter running towards me, I would fall down. I'd either fall down or spike the ball. I mean, he he looks crazy. He's six four, two sixty, and he's he's number one threat to the opposing quarterbacks. Um, I think part of the reason that Porter scares me so much is he now reminds me a lot of Palmer and there's, there's just, there, there's, there's a lot of repressed memories in the back of my brain from playing those DC teams that just was scared witless of Palmer Knicks. Now Porter reminds me of Palmer. So he, he's scary as well. But right after we posted that about Porter coincidentally, maybe not coincidentally, he received an offer, a huge D one offer from air force. And I think, and I'm not saying this to be nice. I'm not saying this for content. I'm saying this because I genuinely believe it. I think Walker does too. That should be the first of many for Porter Nick's elite offers. Porter is a hoss. He's and he's he's someone that's a great kid as well. From from not only an athletic standpoint, from a culture standpoint, Porter Nick's is an incredible collegiate talent that needs to be recruited at a much higher level. But all that to say, Walker, I sent you I sent you a text. Um, I sent you a Twitter exchange between No Context TXPS and another person. I wanna I want to ask you if and we can throw it on the screen. I want to ask you if you think no context is um if his judgment of Dallas Christian in D3 is appropriate. Re- read it as well. So someone asked, how how he said how think. So we need to read you that. Uh, he says how do you think DC is going to do this year? And our friend at no context PXPS says DC is like, and D three is like letting a grizzly bear loose in a chicken farm. And I hundred percent agree. I mean, there's no better way to put it. Um, I think we, I mean, we could, let's, let's, let's do one thing. DC, if they were even in, like, they're going to dominate division three again and division two, they would put up very scary numbers and they would compete Absolutely. with the all saints and the liberties and, Guys like that, like they, they're, they, they are the real deal. And, uh, 
have multiple guys that kind of go play in division one football, three of them on the roster, at least next year with a lot of other guys that we haven't even seen play on this roster next year. Like they're, they're going to be very talented. Like always the coaching, the culture there. Um, if you want any reason like to be scared of the culture at DC in a good way, I mean, like, what do you th- like Fort Bend is literally going to be DC 2.0. If that doesn't, if that makes sense, because you know why is because Jordan Black was under the culture at DC. He co- was coached under uh, over there. Like he knows how to run a se- successful culture and pr- in private school because he's been through it. He knows how to do it. And there's no better person to learn under the learn from than coach Wheeler at DC. Like we were talking about how I was talking to someone on my tour and I was talking to them like, you know, sometimes it comes and goes of like reigns uh, in private school. Like Nolan had a great couple of years and then you slow down. Bishop Dunn had the success successful reign for a long time. Bishop Lynch had a couple of years. St. Pius had a couple of years. You know, you have years over time that people have successful reigns. DC has never, it's not a rain. It's just a statement. It's what they do. There's not an ending or there's a, not a beginning. It's just what they are is the top dog of most times. Like that's just who they are. And that's a credit to the culture that coach Wheeler has set is they, they, most of their kids at DC play football. They get a better education. They go play college football. Like that's just what the culture is. And they win a lot of games. And if anyone in the state would want to copy that, like that's, that's the model you want to do it in private school. That's what you want. I'm now just thinking of traveling to Wheeler field and playing (laughs) DC and uh, uh, the memories upset me, but that's a testament to how good DC has been. Yeah, There's your love DC. You know, if we don't talk about you much during the season, because you just dominate, there's your love. Like there's no, there's not a better private school football culture than probably Dallas Christian, like uh, from how you run a championship program than Dallas Christian. I mean, this says a lot because I don't know. I don't know if this comes through. Walker and Ryan understand this. I don't know if this comes through, like, through the screen. I am an incredibly spiteful person. I hold grudges for a long time. Do you know how much it it takes, like, within me to talk good about D.C.? D.C. beat me four years in a row. Not even – just varsity football. That – I only talk about them in such a high regard is because they are that good. And it takes a lot out of me to talk about a team that killed me four years in a row. But again, DC, great culture, a lot of great cultures emerging in private school. It's going to be incredibly oh, yeah. interesting to follow this year. I, I really do just feel like every year gets better and better um, in terms of the competition and the talent level in private school. All right. And then moving away from Dallas Christian, I'm sorry guys, but we have to move away from y'all. Uh, Moving into TWCA, the Woodlands Christian Academy. Uh, Colby Hole, head coach down there, uh, first year there last year, and kind of a set of culture of uh, having a couple guys that are going to be exciting to watch. The Woodlands Christian Academy will, will be a very young squad this upcoming season. Uh, I think they only have like four seniors on their roster next year, but they have a lot of talent and a lot of young talent that's going to be exciting. Couple of those seniors. One of those seniors is going to be uh, Gunnar Auckland. Uh, the 2024 defensive lineman will play both sides of the ball, but his main thing is defensive line. 6'3, 230. Um, looks the part, moves really well. Uh, he'll be a great, great addition to that defensive line. We'll also play offensive line for them, just being the biggest guy they have. Um, another guy, uh, quarterback Jonathan Vidal, is going to be 
one of the quarterbacks down in Houston you need to watch out for. 6'2", has a pretty good arm, uh, accurate with it as well. Uh, a lot of really, really good on the rollout when he needs to be. Uh, he'll be a very poised guy for them in uh, TWCA next year. Um, a couple other guys, Tyler Seeger, Duquesne, Cameron Leslie. They have other guys that are going to be definitely guys you need to watch for in the 25 classes. Um, but uh, one or two guys that I really want to stand out about in the TWCA in the 25 class is Bo Ellis, the 2025 athlete, uh, 6'2", probably, um, 6'1", 6'2", 185, moves really, really well, played linebacker for them, and he just – He's going to be an impact player for them next year, man. He is going to be a dog and I'm really, really excited to watch him. He's just, he's, he's a, just a really good player and I'm really excited for that. But the guy that stood out, of course, at 2025 linebacker, Grayson Boker is one of the most impressive athletes I saw in the entire tour. 6'3", 205 and has just in practice, you can see the great instincts he has Great sideline to sideline speed and the size at 6'3", 205 as a sophomore at the moment. He's a sophomore, people. Um, there is, there is a, that is a division one talent. I 100% agree with it. Um, I 100% agree with that statement. He is going to be a dominant force for TWCA for years to come. Uh, colleges, if you don't know about this kid, go and take a look at this kid. He is going to be one to watch down in Houston. Uh, expect a huge senior uh, junior year. Uh, I can't believe he has two more years because he looks like a senior already, but he's just that physically um, impressive, man. He is going to be one to watch, and uh, I'm excited to watch them next year. Uh, but, yeah, man, he is going to be uh, – I, I'm saying the same stuff over and over and over, but yeah, man, keep an eye on this kid down in Houston. He is going to be one to watch and expect him to have an all state type of year for the Woodlands Christian uh, Warriors. Uh, but uh, the Woodlands Christian Colby hole has a set of great culture there. I'm excited for them. Great dude. Great culture. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they do in that district, man, because uh, with LSA second Baptist and Fort Bend, it's always been uh, kind of the Fort Bend and Second Baptist kind of district to fight back and forth, but expect TWCA to kind of make some noise a little bit here in this district because they have some players, man, that I didn't really know about, especially uh, guys like Grayson and Bo. Uh, they're going to be very, very impactful players next year, so keep on the lookout for them. Yeah, definitely so. Uh, that A lot of schools, a lot of information to digest, um, but hopefully now you have about as good of an idea as we do the direction a lot of these schools in the Metroplex, in Houston, as well as some other areas are heading. You know, we we do a lot of work in the summers because we want to be prepared. We we're the authority at Texas Private School Sports. We want to give you as much genuine content as possible. Um, that all being said, we had planned to do some transfer news as well as a question and answer segment. I put out some questions on Instagram today. However, we have been going for almost two hours. I don't know how much fluff will get cut out of that. So to save to save you and give you a break as well as us, we're going to cut the episode here. We're going to get to a lot of transfer news and a lot of question and answers. And this way we'll be able to get more of y'all's questions and answers in the episode. But so final housekeeping notes before I get out of here. But some final housekeeping notes before we get out of here. Seven on seven. Seven on seven is starting to kick off. I know for sure there's a league in Tyler that I'm going to be at that's on Mondays in June. Um, Walker, I, I don't I don't have the schedules for the Metroplex or Houston yet. 
Uh, I know they're doing an LSA tournament. Lutheran South is doing one in Houston that I know a lot of schools are going to be around doing it there. So I should be at that. I think Houston Christian is doing one that I will be at as well. Uh, up in the DFW area, I don't know on the top of my head. But uh, if I know Midland Christian just made the 7-on-7 tournament coming down the College Station. So I'll probably be by and go see them. Uh, and other ones, I don't know. Oh, of, I mean, of course. Me and Wes will definitely go down and be at the TAP 7-on-7 tournament in June. Um, Just an excuse to eat at Georgia's. Exactly. That's that's definitely the reason. But, uh, yeah, man, we're really excited for that. They we That's that's one of our favorite ties uh, because we're able to see schools that we're not able to see during the season. Uh, guys from San Antonio, Austin, but we're not able to make the drive uh, quickly uh, during the season or, like, during the fall and all that. Uh, and so we're able to see them there. So please, please, please go and do the tap seven on seven tournament because it's fun for us to go meet people and see guys compete because at the end of the day, that's what's fun. Cause I know seven on seven, is not real football at the end of the day. It's not, but it's fun to go compete. Let the guys have fun uh, and let the, let the media guys come and say hi. So uh, for sure, go do that. We'll be down there. I think that's really it, man. Oh, if there's other 707 tournaments that we all are doing, please let us know. We'll try to come by. And also, uh, if you're not one of the schools mentioned in our 20 schools that we went and covered, that's okay. We still want to know about y'all. So please send us information about your squad. And we'll definitely try to come by maybe in the summer or during fall camp to come and say hello. Because I know that's another time we can go and see these teams before the season starts. Uh, especially our guys down in San Antonio, Austin, Tyler, uh, we'll go and go and cover these schools that we're not able to mention uh, in these 20 schools in these three weeks. So uh, please still reach out, give us information about your schools and we'll try to still come down and say hello. So uh, that's really it on my end. Yeah, absolutely. Last few things I have here. Um, something fun that's in the works that I really want to get to y'all is we're working on a little Texas private school game show type thing. It's going to model family feud. So I'm going to say about it right now, but be on the lookout for that potentially in the next coming months. Um, our division previews will start in July. So we're we're trying to plan on the first week of July, we're doing division one, second week, division two, or so, somewhere around there. That's what we've discussed. Long story short, the division previews are being, going to be coming up in about a month. Also, there is – it depends on some things. Um, there is a potential documentary. I don't know if it's the right word. It's going to be an extended podcast talking about one of – a private school that existed and no longer exists that might be the greatest enigma I've ever seen in my life. We mentioned it on the show before. I won't give you any more information. I think that has the potential to maybe be our wildest episode, and I don't know if any of the footage will make it to print. But – We'll see. Just leaving you leaving you with a little teaser there. Uh, that being said, barring any additional comments, Walker, I think that's all that we have for today. So um, uh, I guess kind of stay on the stay on the lookout for some stuff we're doing behind the scenes. Um, we definitely have something, a major event coming up that we're really, really excited about. So stay on the lookout for the initial official announcement for that. And we have some other stuff for the website and other stuff uh, that we're really excited for. So uh Please, we're we're excited. Like, uh, we know that we are the top dogs in this industry of covering y'all and giving y'all the best coverage. And we're gonna keep on growing, and we're we're excited for that journey. And uh, so stay on it with us, man. TXPS to the moon, baby. Um, and that's really it, man. If y'all 
have any sponsorships or anyone you know that would love to sponsor the podcast, please do. Um, please reach out to us because we're always looking for that to help us grow and grow, to do more fun stuff for the uh, for the community. And also like, subscribe, uh, retweet this. Uh, please get this out there to more and more people. And that's really it for me. Absolutely. So all that being said, we should be in your feed again shortly with a transfer and question and episode, question and answer episode. I've talked so long I can't form sentences. Anyways, as always, I've been half of your hosting crew, West Halls, and Walker Lot has fantastically been himself. We will see you in the next episode. See you later. Three, two, one. Yeah.